People of the world, it's the Brothers Talk family with your hosts, Rod, Scott, and Norm. Join us each Friday wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts or on our website to hear us three black, unfiltered African-American men with no strings attached, giving voice to the most feared, most misunderstood, and most rarely heard from segment of the population on topics of interest to us for education, enlightenment, and entertainment. You can reach us with your comments, questions, and suggestions at The Brothers Talk on Twitter, The Brothers Talk on Instagram, and the Facebook group of the same name. And also follow us on Facebook. And if you want to share in more detail, hit us up at the email address, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. Stay tuned for our soon-to-launch YouTube channel, and now on with this week's show. Hello, Brothers Talk family, and once again, we're glad to be joining you in the car, the gym, the den, kitchen, barber, or beauty shop, in the backyard or on the corner or wherever you hold your relevant conversations to spur critical thinking and activism to support the Black community. As always, we welcome our first-time listeners, and we're glad you're joining us on our worldwide family. We look forward to you helping us to spread the word about how we lift up the critical thought process with enlightened conversations and how we promote new and existing Black business opportunities to empower and enrich our community. Here's your weekly reminder to stay on the case in doing everything you can to avoid catching and spreading COVID-19, because by now you've surely seen and heard the latest info on the BA4 and BA5 variant. But let me take that back because it seems like even our own government isn't treating this new most infectious strain yet with the kind of urgent information sharing that they should. If you look for it, it's there, but it's absolutely shameful when we've got a mostly illiterate population, so let's do what we can to keep sounding the alarm. These latest versions are reinfecting those who've already had the virus and have built up some immunity. Even Biden got it a second time. Don't go for the Okadoke family. We really don't have anyone to spare, and we need to make sure that we get the information to the people who need it. Before we get started with this week's discussion, I need to make a correction. On last episode, during our conversation on reparations, I said that H.R. 40, the bill to fund a commission to study reparations, had not come up for voting Congress. Uh, Both Scott and Norm corrected me, but I was unaware that it actually had been voted on and passed. So while I'm not afraid to admit my error, I'm also going to take issue with Norm's favorite whipping post, the Black Caucus, for once again dropping the ball. I'd lay odds that most of the Americans and especially black Americans aren't aware of this. And my question is, why is that black caucus? Why aren't you pumping that important piece of information at every turn? Listen to the text of HR 40 that passed in the 117th Congress, the commission to study and develop reparation proposals for African-Americans act. This bill establishes the commission to study and develop reparation proposals for African-Americans The commission shall examine slavery and discrimination in the colonies and the United States from 1619 to the present and recommend appropriate remedies. The commission shall identify, one, the role of the federal and state governments in supporting the institution of slavery, two, forms of discrimination in public and private sectors against freed slaves and their descendants, and three, lingering negative effects of slavery on living African-Americans and society. Well, in spite of them and the rest of my favorite term, the feckless Dems not doing everything they can to show how important this issue is, we're going to do everything we can to track every movement related to this newly formed commission. And we urge all of the Brothers Talk family to do the same. And now to my brothers in the struggle for critical thinking, Scott and Noah. 
Hey, Rod, that was hey, really, really some good, important, and exciting information about that commission. And uh, I'll be interested to see who's on it. Uh, but not much to say, but family, Rod said a lot. I just want to say if the, your commander in chief, President Biden, can get the virus twice, and he's supposed to be the most powerful, most important person in the world, what do you think that means for you? So go out there and protect yourself and protect your loved one. No. Thanks, Scott. And I just want to follow up on something Rod said and make a suggestion, actually, for, for the Brothers Talk. Maybe we can do a periodic check on this commission just to know what they're doing and where we are with reparations. Well, that seems like a good point because I think we've got enough folks who are probably just as interested. And so maybe we can be the sounding board that keeps us all tied together. And so we also invite our audience, if you get information, please share it with us and we'll pass it right along. Our topic has to do with the ongoing violence and murders by the police against Black people in particular. The very focus of what Black Lives Matter was started to address, back with Trayvon Martin and Eric Garner and, and so many others. And what I'm just particularly disturbed about is what happened to the momentum that after George Floyd, when we had marches, we had our white brothers and sisters who were out there saying that this was unacceptable, they wouldn't take it anymore. When we had the last Democratic presidential candidate say that he would push forward the legislation to get the George Floyd crime bill enacted, who said on election night that he would always have our backs because we had his, well, where are they? Each day, almost like clockwork, you can find another instance of police brutality, of police either murdering or getting away with murder because you got a lot of these juries and a lot of these prosecutors who failed to hold them accountable. And so the question is out there, what is it? Why is it that we don't have that ongoing support? Did our lives suddenly stop mattering after dealing with COVID became a secondary priority. It's just an awful thing for me to see that we are once again, basically fighting this battle by ourselves. You know, uh, what it looks like to me when you talk about what happened, what have happened to white liberals as if they've abandoned us. What it looks like to me is they're kind of like chasing what's the hot topic of the day. That's where they are now. Because now it's abortion. Then it was Black Lives Matter. And they just seem like they just, you know, abandon one thing when there's another hot thing. That's what it looked like to me. Um, personally, Malcolm put it best. I mean, Black, the white liberals are there to appease us and to keep their comfort level. That's pretty much it. When, they, when it gets thick, they're not going to be there for us. As a matter of fact, they, pr they promote the status quo more than anything. And I mean, you're just seeing another example of that. And we've probably lived about through 60 years of, of this. And uh, this is who and what they are. And, um, you know, I mean, they call themselves allies, but I don't know who they are allies with. It's definitely not us. And so you see this sort of split in the Democratic Party around the concept of wokeness, that the establishment Democrats want to blame 
wokeness and blame the idea of defunding the police as though somehow those are losing propositions when the exit polling and the actual polls themselves show just the opposite. They show there's an overwhelming support for progressive agenda ideas like that in not only the Democratic Party, but in the elections that the progressive candidates continue to win while those establishment Democrats who still are looking for the invisible centrist are losing. And the only good news that I see is that in a lot of instances, they're actually losing to the progressive candidates. So what is it that we have to do to try to get these old establishment Democrats to stop putting out this this fake narrative about wokeness being a problem? Well, you know, that's a, that's the boogeyman, you know. So they're making money off of that, just like the Republicans are making money off of it. So it's the boogeyman, they, you know. And the people that they're putting it out, you know, against, you know, look like they're they're part of that, you know, in terms of getting paid off because they should be saying something about it, but they're not. You know, it's like they're just laying down and and going along with the game. So when did wokeness become a problem? You know, that's the thing that I keep keep coming right. around to is the idea that what the opposite of wokeness is being asleep. And right. so that's what I, even just the definition, it's like, oh, we got to get rid of this woke culture. It's like, so we want people, I guess, to go back to being the, the, the sheep who are just being led to the slaughter. And that's seemingly what they keep trying to, to focus us on as though we're going to just try to go back to being docile people who refuse to stand up and fight. And we're not going back to that. Well, well, I just wanted to say, you know, Rod, you touched on the the funding of the police. And not only didn't they accept that, or even just trying to figure out why we are always the victims of police brutality in this country at at an alarming rate, they wound up increasing the funding for the police with no strings attached. With all of the issues that the Democrats have to galvanize the people in this country, they still choose to go after Republican voters and to try to appease the people that are standing in the way of our rights in this country. They want to do that because of the money. They see the money that those people are pouring into candidates that that part of the country support. So, you know, I think it's more about that. You know, we can get a piece of that so we can get the money. Because, I mean, just look at what, you know, pretty much, Everybody almost uh, gave Biden the mandate, you know, like, hey, you got to go in there and you got to got to do something about this unfairness that's happening to black folks and police brutality and killing black people and, you know, economics are unfair and all of these things. And what did he say? Uh, We're going to have more police. You know, uh, he hadn't said anything in regard. He's been teasing that he's going to do away with student loans. But I don't think that's going to happen. You know, he's been teasing with that. But he hasn't done anything that I, that I can see financially that just uh, helping the regular person. Well, you know, you got to be right, Scott, because, again, the statistics say that there's almost two times as many Democrats and independents as there are Republicans. And so that fact alone would say that you don't even need Republicans, mm-hmm. but it's got to be the money because you don't need him to get elected. 
So it's just got to be that they're just trying to get as many of those dollars as they possibly can. And they are effectively pretending to put up a fight when they really are not. Because, you know, my ongoing position is that I just cannot see anything more than two sides of the same coin because it seems like no matter who's in office, our situation hasn't improved. That's so right, Rod. And I think that they're going to be in a world of shock come midterm elections because I I just get the feeling that African-Americans are not going to show up at the polls like we have the past two elections. Well, if that's the case, then they're going to really be in trouble. I mean, not so sure that if they are able to get some things done, like get finally get Manchin, I don't know what kind of come to Jesus movement they had to get him to vote for something. But with gas prices falling, that that might not give them some momentum to actually hold on to some seats. Because the last thing I actually saw was that they are pretty much poised, I mean, the Democrats, to pick up three or four seats in the Senate because there's some really vulnerable Republicans out there. Frankly, all of them ought to be vulnerable, but that's what it looks like most recently. And so as bad as the idea of them continuing to be the feckless Dems that I call them, it would certainly be worse if we ended up with McConnell and McCarthy controlling either of the houses, and certainly worse if they could control both. Oh, my God, it would be over. You know, I mean, uh, life as, as as you know it and we know it in this country would be just totally over because they'll dismantle all that investigative stuff that they've been doing. They're, they're impeached Biden, and they wouldn't even think twice about it. You know, they wouldn't even, you can't even shame them in doing things. So I really think that young black people And I think that black people have been paying attention to what's happening here. You know, they've been looking at they've been looking at the hearings. You know, they're looking at abortion rights. They're looking at some of those things, too, that's impacting them. So I I think people are going to show up. Well, we'll see. But um, I can definitely say the young people in this country, especially in our communities, they didn't want to vote for Biden. They wanted the liberal. I mean, excuse me. They wanted the socialist candidate, supposedly. Biden was a choice of the Democratic establishment. And he's had both houses and the presidency and has still done nothing. I don't see them. I don't see why people are motivated to come out. Just my opinion. Well, people, uh, knowing people that understand politics, understand that just because they got the slim majority doesn't mean that, you know, you can get any, any kind of legislation passed, you know, and that's where they are. And it would be the same thing if it was a Republican, except for Mitch McConnell and them would just bulldog their way and do what they want to do. And there's pragmatism involved, because as we continue to talk about, we don't have a third choice. There's only two choices. And one choice is clearly worse than the other, even though the one that we do have isn't necessarily a good choice. But what we continue to see is that as long as you're having this overt kind of racism at the core of the policies, which is why we really want to watch so carefully what does the commission to study reparations actually come up with, because as is stated, it really is a harbinger for CRT. It really says they really want to take a good look for the last 403 years and to see 
uh, comprehensively how we have been negatively impacted, but whether that, that actually ends up meaning that either party will embrace what the results are. Because remember, that's why we can't even get past the filibuster rule, which they use selectively. Because the only time it ever seems to really get applied is whenever it comes to things that affect us as a people. You know, they don't mind suspending it for things like the pipeline or for things like other kind of subsidies that they can remove yeah. the filibuster and vote for that. But I, let anything I, come up that has to do with us as black people and suddenly the filibuster is back in play. Yeah, exactly. It's all about, you know, what they can do for rich folks. You know, when it comes to if we can get taxes for rich people, if we can give anything to rich people, that's what we're going to do. And if we can prevent giving something, anybody giving something to people that need it the most, we're going to stop that too. I mean, and, and, and they've been doing that and getting away with it. And I, it, it's just mind boggling. I don't understand. Well, as long as we have poor people and middle class people who are being the, the most affected by negatively by these policies, supporting these policies, that's going to continue. Well, so there you have it. Like I said, if you have any answers as to why, and certainly if you are amongst our white brothers and sisters who are listening to the podcast, give us your thoughts because we really would like to hear from you and know why the movement that was started after the George Floyd murder that really was a worldwide movement has suddenly lost so much steam. In our Black Business Spotlight, we want to talk about LeBron James, who wants to trademark the phrase used against him, shut up and dribble. According to USA Today, one of the companies under LeBron James' umbrella, Uninterrupted Inc., filed to trademark that phrase with the United States Trademark and Patent Office last week. According to the filing, the phrase would be used on various items like downloadable virtual goods, computer programs featuring footwear, clothing, headwear, eyewear, bags, backpacks, sports equipment, art, toys, and accessories for use online and in online virtual worlds. I think this is a really good move, and I think there needs to be more opportunities for us to take things that were tried to be used against us and monetize them for our own good. So kudos to LeBron James for picking that up. The Fox News host, who I will not even use her name, thought that she was saying something and LeBron James is going to take it and turn it into hopefully a billion dollar enterprise. So that's a wrap for another program. And God willing, we'll keep our focus on the issues that impact our community on a path to a better future. Don't forget, you can follow and communicate with us, sending your comments, questions, and show ideas to The Brothers Talk on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or email us, thebrotherstalk at gmail.com. Until the next episode, as always, we sincerely appreciate your time and interest, and rest assured that we'll never take it or you for granted. And remember, let's do better today, because that's all we really have.